Hey folks, thanks for joining me for this episode of the Embellish Podcast, a podcast focused on product stories, product storytellers, interesting brand ambassadors, and any other tangent that I happen to come up with. Whether you're a bourbon fan, a geek, a casual observer, or someone just floating through this channel, you're sure to waste a few minutes listening to what I have to say, and I hope you find it interesting. If you got here by chance, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. I can be found on any podcasting platform that exists, and if you can't find me there, please email me at embellishpod at gmail.com, and I'll get that taken care of. I also generally live stream the recording of these episodes on YouTube on Wednesday nights around 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tonight, obviously, I'm not because I'm going to be out of town on Wednesday, so I'm pre-recording this episode. I have a website. It is www.embellishpod.com. It's also a place to pick up these links, episode details, even some one-off tasting notes. Today is Sunday, February the 27th. I'm pre-recording this for this upcoming Wednesday. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Eve's Blind, which is a a subscription service that I had personally subscribed to um, uh, last year. Actually, I began the subscription in December of 2020, and the the first offering came in in the um, spring of 2021. Um, If you are unfamiliar with what that is, Eve's Blind is the brainchild of Marion Eves. Marion Eves was Marion Eves is one of those people that if you are unsure of who she is, you're probably new to bourbon. Um, But she's got quite the name within the industry. She's got a lot of things going on, um, has worked for some of the bigs, you know, worked for Brown Foreman at one point in time, and then with Castle and Key being uh, named, if I remember correctly, the first female master distiller in the state of Kentucky. Um, Since then, she has gone off on her own, and she is doing consulting and doing a host of other things. But this is one of the first big projects that weren't directly affiliated with any other brand um, or any other person, company that had uh, purchased her consulting services. This was her own idea. And so what the, the beginning of this particular offering was is... Um, an idea to be able to take people who are um, maybe whiskey geeks or aficionados or people who just want to know more about whiskey specifically and bring them into the fold. Um, The idea was for her to provide a series of tastings over the course of the year. Um, For the particular tier that I purchased, I got two 300 milliliter bottles um, per subscription or per, per, per quarter. Um, the first quarter came through. We got samples. Um, with that, there comes a digital offering as well. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of goes on with it. Um, we can kind of talk about all of those things, but we'll start with um, kind of breaking down the things that I think went well, the things that I think that maybe didn't go so well with it, um, and you know, just kind of kind of feel out, feel out how things go with that. <laughs> We'll start with the marketing portion of this. Uh, It began. uh, It began as a social media push. Uh, There were a series of um, different advertisements that existed within Instagram and a a host of other places. Um, But I personally came across it through Instagram to begin with. And from day one, they got their packaging and their delivery mechanisms perfect the 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 idea behind each shipment that you received was was pretty top-notch uh, I'll say that uh, with the first shipment 
depending upon what your particular tier was, you would get, um, so for, for mine, and I can't remember exactly what the name of the tier was, maybe I should go look that up. So for the service, there were two tiers that existed for uh, members to participate in. One was the apprentice and the other was the aficionado. With the apprentice, you got two 300 milliliter bottles. With the aficionado, you got a different offering, but I don't know exactly what they got because I started with the apprentice offering myself since I was paying out of pocket and this was a thing that I was doing for my own interest. And, and you know, it was also something that I wanted to be able to kind of come back to after we made it all the way through it and, and give a review, you know, as a part of this podcast. And so I began this podcast around the same time that this, um, this particular uh, offer uh, came available. And so I thought, hey, we'll carry these parallel to each other. Leah, do something about the dog. So I'll start with one of the first bits of maybe swag. I don't know if you if you want to call it swag. It's technically not swag. I guess maybe I purchased it. But as a part of the initial package, the very first one that you get, uh, every member got two black Glencairn glasses. And they, they look like any other black Glencairn glass that you've seen. Uh, what are the little marketing differences? And we'll see if we can get that to show through is this this the symbol that exists on a host of the different marketing offerings that uh, Marion had created for this particular thing. So it's all black. The idea behind it being all black was that we would pour from the bottles that are shipped in um, into a black Glencairn. So we weren't going to be paying nearly as much attention to the color of it because that's something that whiskey geeks, whiskey nerds kind of uh, will be the first thing they'll look at is, is that, you know, what is the viscosity of it and what is the color of it? And sometimes those things don't translate through to the palate. The idea was to make this as blind as possible for the person who purchased it. And blind is difficult to do um, for a host of reasons. Like, you, you know, like the idea of sending to some human being... Um, the the bottles with almost no idea of what's actually in it can be troubling to the the people who would sign off on packaging for it. But then beyond that, the the actual offerings came in a bottle that looks like this, and it's this flat matte black color with the um, the the one of the marketing designs that comes along with it, and then on the on the front of it, it'll have some some lettering. Um, to identify the sample, to identify the proof, to identify the potential age of it. And I think I said there were 300 milliliters. I was wrong. They're 100 milliliters. So if that's what I said to begin with, uh, I was incorrect. Now, one of the things that you know kind of goes into play is that it's very hard to sell a bottle like this without any identifying information. And this is something that most of us didn't know for the duration of the offering is that all of your government warning was actually on the back side of this black label that exists that um, that we used. We, they, they were sent to us, they were put on the back side, and I noticed it because I, was, I thought, you know, these are really, really nice bottles. Um, when I emptied the first one, I was like, I can reuse this. I can take this as, you know, samples for other people. Uh, I can do some other thing with it because they're fantastic. You know, they've got a nice feel to them. They're... Um, pretty pretty hefty as far as their their quality 
Um, but there's also uh, no clue as to what it is. It just says, you know, who bottled it, uh, which is um, Hoops Vineyard in California. So the idea was we get all of these things completely blind. We taste through them and Marion would provide notes for us. And this is maybe where where it sort of falls down for me. And, and you, you get the you get the you get a suspicion that you get a you get a suspicion that it's entirely possible that when they began this process, they were unsure of what their technological needs were going to be to be able to make this work. They started with the website where there was a membership for people to be able to log in. And there were a series of problems getting people access and getting people access to the right things, which is perfectly fine. It's the first time you've ever done something like this. You have to learn how to iron out the kinks to it. But the packages would regularly show up um, you know, sort of on a random time interval. Um, the first one was obviously late, but of course this was launched uh, during a pandemic, <laughs> which makes things significantly more difficult to achieve. Um, as far as, you know, logistics and getting things out, you know, with the uniqueness of the offering, with the uniqueness of the bottles, with the uniqueness of the glass, with the uniqueness of the marketing packaging that they sent along with it, everything took a little bit longer than they had originally intended to, which is okay. You know, most, most whiskey people are relatively patient. We're used to waiting four plus years for something to be mature enough to drink. Um, so we have no problem waiting another month or two to be able to pick up the offering, um, that Marion was trying to put together for us. So, once the website launched, um, once the website launched, there was you know a members area where you could go in and you could uh, look at tasting notes. But one of the things that I did enjoy about it, and I don't know if it was intended or not, is that I would regularly get the samples well before the tasting notes were going to be available on the website. So it forced me to either do one of two things: I would either wait until the, the tasting notes were made available. Or I would start sampling them myself and capturing my own tasting notes to then compare against what um, Marion and her team had put together for us. <clears throat> One of the other things that I found difficult about their um, technological offering was that this particular website was not optimized for mobile, for iPad. It was very much a website that needed to be utilized on a web browser. Um, Chrome seemed to do all right with it, but anytime I would try to open it on my iPhone or my iPad, um, it, the, the way the, the technology was put forward didn't, didn't seem to work super, super well. Um, but once again, that's not necessarily the, the intended audience maybe is, is, is not expecting to, to have that. <clears throat> so when we start breaking down what's actually available on the website, we'll see that um, she did a series of things which I found super interesting. I really enjoyed, uh, maybe I should have started with this, is I really enjoyed this particular subscription service. Um, I know it was a little bit costly when you consider the volume of the things that you got uh, as far as liquid, but when you consider the volume of things that you got as far as a knowledge base, I think it's a pretty good deal. Um, and then beyond that, the 2022 version of it is not going to be available. They're going to do something different. And then 2023, it may come back again. Uh, and hopefully they'll have some of those other things sort of ironed out as far as what they're doing. But whenever you log into the website, you'll be able to see a series of tasting notes. And um, for the first offering, she gave the ideas of how to taste and what to taste Um and, and some of the, I don't, I don't want to call it insider information may not be the right thing, but more scientific, 
scientific information behind it. But you could run through and see tasting notes, things about proof, things about recipes, um, read about TTB classes and type designations, and a whole host of other things. Really, really, really interesting things for the person who's more than a casual observer of bourbon. Um, but then we'll hop in and we'll actually look. And this is um, N0101 BP, which was actually one of the first offerings of the 2021 for us. It was in the spring offering. Whenever you log in, you get the opportunity to go to this particular bottle and you see the age range that exists. And so on the front of this, it says it's 4.2 at 61.45 alcohol by volume. Um, but it's actually somewhere between 4.2 and 4.7 years old uh, for the blend that exists. And then um, when we walk through the tasting notes, she gave us several different things. Um, there's a still glass version. There are feeling notes. There's grain recipes. There's yeast. There's barrel recipes. There's a whole host of stuff. And you finally find out the size of the blend that created these particular samples. Um, there was a, a sort of a hidden surprise to come at the end of this particular uh, subscription service, but we'll get to that later on. Um, so for this first one, uh, like I said, we, we ran through um, a still glass. I said that she, she gave some notes on a still glass. A still glass is from a glass that has not been swirled or agitated of any kind. And you'll find most bourbon people, they'll put it in and they'll swirl it around to get some air kind of mixed in with it and get some of the ethanol off of it or whatever. Um, she gives still notes and non-still notes. And so you get things that might happen when you first give it a whiff if you have not done anything to stir it up. Um, she talks about things like adding water and retro nasal effects and a whole... whole um, ca catalogs worth of information for a person who maybe knows a little bit about tasting, maybe knows nothing about tasting, or even for people who know a whole, whole lot about tasting. Um, but we get the, the idea of what it comes out of a still glass, the aroma, the palate, the finish, what happens whenever it, you know, water is added to it. Um, and then we get a grain recipe. What was somewhat intriguing to me was reading about the yeast. We actually got to read about the particular type of yeast that was used for this this offering that was um, that was sent to us. This this very first offering that we looked at. Um, then when we look at the other one from the exact same offering, this one gets you know like I said, it says three point two plus on the front of it, but this one ends up being a three point two to six point five year uh, blend that existed. Same sort of situation. Still glass aroma palette finish and I'm not going to give away what any of the tasting notes were because that was a part of the program that was a part of the offering uh, for folks who happened to participate in this particular um, subscription service same thing but this one had a ton more information around the yeast specifically and there's a there's this is the kind of the through line for this particular subscription is we're learning more and more and more about the distillation process. Now, from what I understand, I got the apprentice version. There was the um, aficionado series. They got even more information from what I understand. Uh, and so if you're wanting that next step up, you get, I believe, a couple more samples, maybe some water, that, that the, the type of water that she was using to, to proof things down, and some more in-depth notes. Now, as well as having these tasting notes, there was a series of 
videos that were put out or opportunities to join her for um, a live-ish type tasting. Um, trying to find the appropriate platform to do those things on is probably difficult, and I think that's what um, those are some of the, probably the key learnings that they'll have. But it seemed like that they had a relatively um, relatively active online community. And so that might have been something interesting to kind of toss in there as well. And so if I were to think about things that I would like to see done slightly better, uh, it would be the logistics behind it. The, you know, sort of knowing when things are shipping, sh things shipping on an appropriate time frame, and um, then maybe having an actual forum where members can interact with each other as well as um, Marion interacting or any other person she happens to bring in, any other um, whiskey aficionado that can help grow this particular type of thing. It might be a great opportunity to have an you know asynchronous type of communication, a forum, uh, a chat stream, a, a discord, something where we can all sort of talk about what we experienced as we were going through it because um, it can be intimidating to join. I've done a series of tastings here recently with some master distillers um, through my friends over at the Bourbon Lens. And uh, in that, it can be somewhat intimidating to try to give tasting notes to the master distiller or to the master blender or to the person who put it together because they know what should and should not be there. And um, while taste is um, subjective to me specifically, I'm not a professional. I am just a guy that sits in a room and stares into a camera by himself once a week to talk about whiskey. And so who am I to say what should or should not um, exist within the flavor profiles? But it might be a great opportunity for some of us um, to interact with each other, maybe uh, having a, a Zoom call where we can put together ourselves or so, some something like that to allow the, the community to interact with each other. Now, I realize there's literally hundreds of people that did this, but you might end up with 20 or 25 people that are interested in actually talking to each other uh, and having those types of conversations. Now, I said that there was also sort of this, this undercurrent of a surprise that kind of got put out at the very, very end of this offering, and I really appreciated this. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, from the bottles that I tasted, there were maybe one or two that I would personally seek out and be like, hey, this is a thing that I want. But that was one of the big problems with this is this is a blind sampling. We have no idea what we have. And from our, you know, our initial understanding of what was being done here, we were never going to have an opportunity to buy any of this because these were blends that she was creating in her mobile um, her, her mobile blending lab that she was trying to put together at that point in time. But what came out at the end of this is that she had partnered with a series of um I didn't get that. Could you try again? What came out at the end is that she had partnered with a series of distilleries to create these um and we won't even call them blends. They end up being uh I guess they I guess we will call them blends. They end up being uh, you know four, five, six, seven, eight, nine barrel blends for us to be able to to sort of pull back the curtain at the end of it and say these are all coming from distilleries that are outside the state of Kentucky. Um, people like Watershed and Kings County and 291 and Oregon Spirits and a whole host of other people, journeymen, um, and, and I'll leave somebody off so I'm not going to try to run the entire list. But she had created blends with each one of these non-Kentucky distilleries to not only provide a unique tasting experience for us, but to be able to kind of showcase that bourbon does not have to come from Kentucky, and rightfully so, um, some of the best bourbon doesn't come from Kentucky. And so 
that was sort of the the kind of the the thing at the end was all right now let me tell you what all you tasted and then make those bottles available to the um, people who participated in the service first. The folks who you know had been a part of the blind program got a chance to to buy a bottle of each one of them or more than one of each one of them if they wanted to before they were put on sale to the mark the the public. Um, now these bottles have made it to public, and that's uh, you know I was sort of waiting for my own personal review to hit for these bottles to be made available to the public for an extended period of time, so that way people had an opportunity to purchase and taste and do all these things, and I wasn't giving anything away that that might have existed. And I'm not going to get into any of the tasting notes because those are things that we all purchased um, as a part of our subscription service. You know what she provided us with is a wealth of information and understanding how a master distiller, master blender, uh, whoever ends up making a blend how they go about doing those things, how they construct their tasting notes, how they um, identify the things that yeast should do with things, the things that cooperage should do with a particular uh, barrel, and then how you put these blends together. And, um, you know, I enjoyed the fact that I didn't know how old things were exactly whenever I looked at things because that's another thing that whiskey geeks get wrapped up in is how old is the bottle that I am tasting. You know, um, it was it was a really, really interesting experience. Um when it comes available again in 2023, um, I don't know if I would do it again. The only way I might do it again is if I had a, an interested part, a partner, friend, whatever, that said, hey, I'd like to do this with you um, for, for a number of different reasons. There are a limited number of seats that are available to this, and I thoroughly enjoyed the process, but I would absolutely hate to take the seat from another person who could experience this for the first time as well. But beyond that, it was a little bit expensive whenever I consider the whiskey purchased. It wasn't expensive if I consider the knowledge that was gained as a result of it. But I'm likely never going to be a master blender, distiller, or even a human being that works within the industry. And so while the knowledge is interesting for me to kind of put in my back pocket and talk about, um, do I need to do it again? I don't know. But then again, whenever it comes to the end of 2022 and they open up subscription, is my FOMO going to eat me alive and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it again? There's a good chance that happens as well. Um, beyond that, it <clears throat> I think it's a great opportunity for any person who is just getting into whiskey, who's been into whiskey for a while that has not... Uh, had an opportunity to sit around a, a, a titan in the industry and understand their process. It's a great way for you to gain knowledge um, without having to go to a really long class and you end up with some really nice whiskey uh, and some really nice uh, glassware and some nice marketing materials, some things that somebody took a high degree of uh, effort to put together in a very intentional fashion. Um, this is this is a really nice, really really nice set. Uh, if you are looking for a present to give someone who's into whiskey at the end of this year, and this subscription service is over, this is absolutely a thing that you could purchase for a person, and and it it would be unlike anything else that they can get on the market. There's a number of different whiskey subscriptions that exist out there, but usually you're getting a whole bottle or maybe two whole bottles every quarter, which is which is great as well, but you're not getting the added content that Marion and her team took the time to create. You're not getting the experience, so to speak, that uh, is coming along with the bottles. Um, 
that's the thing with whiskey is that when the bottle's gone, the bottle's gone. You have the experience of the bottle, but that's it. But a service like this is also providing the knowledge. And the knowledge can stay with you forever once the bottle is completely empty. So that's all I've really got. I think we're going to make this a quick video. And this you know, be under 30 minutes. Everybody may like that, may not like that. Don't really care. Um, but thanks for joining me tonight or today or whenever you happen to be listening or watching this. I hope you found this particular episode entertaining or informative. If you did, please leave me a review or a comment on whatever platform that you're consuming this on. Um, you can hit me up on social media on Twitter or Instagram at EmbellishPod and give me a follow so you can keep up with what's going on. Uh, I can be found at www.embellishpod.com and with all of my links, accounts, contact details, whatever. I'll be back again next week with another new offering for you. So until then, cheers. Oh,